Yo, 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 it's CJ the Day Slave from the Upgrade America podcast, episode 13, Upgrade America 2.0. Thanks for liking, sharing, subscribing, listening, watching. Um, this was a heavy episode. It took place on Mother's Day. I hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. And we got to talking about Roe versus Wade in the U.S. as far as pro-life, pro-choice, um dialogue and we offered a substitute um bill or law which was created by Cameron Ra and we we think that would be a better alternative so yeah we get into it a little bit but uh we hope you enjoyed the episode and stay blessed peace out and we appreciate you Peace world and all our upgraders around it. Happy Mother's Day. And to those who want to murder their infants, we're going to discuss Roe versus Wade and also a new proposed bill entitled Sovereignty Over Self. SOS, I'm Cameron Ra. Pleased to be joined with CJ the. Yo, how are you on this blessed day of the sun, bro? What's happening? Yo, I'm here with Grandma and Mom. I surprised them in South Carolina. So as you can see, we're remote. We're both remote, kind of, today. So awesome. bear with us. Yeah, tech-wise. So, yeah, that's it. Let's get into it. Yeah, it was great to uh, be with the fam. Um, we're also going to discuss happy belated birthday to you, by the way. You know, your Taurus? Yes, sir. Okay, as my son is Taurus as, as well. Happy early birthday to to Anthony <laughs> over in Deutschland. It's Lieberdisch. Love you, buddy. You know, uh, looking forward to build with you soon. But, you know, birthday tradition. I'm sending you Bitcoin in hopes to orange pill you to, you know, to join the Bitcoin phone. But how was your year? <laughs> how was your birthday? Um, It was just really relaxing just chill i didn't do anything exotic i had my tacos and margaritas for cinco de mayo shout out to puebla those are only yeah, people in mexico to celebrate it yeah uh well i was in charlotte full disclosure. um found a nice little spot did that had fun um that's it i just explored charlotte uh, caught up with my cousin and then I surprised my grandmother and my mom for Mother's Day. So here we are. Surprises are always good. But for me, sometimes yeah. surprises feel like ambushes. They have a similar. <laughs> but that's just a military veteran in me. But how was yeah. your overall Bitcoin experience? Like, I was really hoping to send you this Bitcoin last year and then be uh-huh. like, ha ha ha, CJC. Now it's like quadrupled its value. We didn't quite do I... that, did it? Nah, it was. <laughs> I, it kind of goes up and down. I was like, okay. And then you sent me some more for my birthday. Shout out to you. And I was like, huh, okay. It looks like it's up now. <laughs> so I was like, it's all right, really cool. Not. The thing is, like, it's actually lost 39% of its value since I sent it to you last. 
Oh, wow. but here's the big picture. Here's the big picture, though. Don't let that disturb you. If you look okay. at Bitcoin from a five-year perspective, it has 2,200% gain. Like, not 100%, not 2,200. Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive over five years. So I just encourage you, you know, I'm going to keep sending you Satoshis and just let them stack. And over five years, I'm, I'm very confident we'll, you'll see that growth. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's a bearish time for Bitcoin, but, you know, it ain't a, it ain't a crying time. It's a buying time. But as we promised, we're going to discuss a little bit about Roe versus Wade. DJ, uh, you put me on that about the week. Do you got any information on that? Yeah, basically it was some leak of the drafts of how the Supreme Court judges were and it got out somehow. I was like, oh, snap. But as you and I know of Great America, we always look at all the different angles when it comes to these type of things. And I read a perspective that lines up with something we would say, okay, they leaked it intentionally to see how the public was going to react to what they were talking about. So it's a nice little, yeah, it's a nice little tester to see. So because it's like um, you've already seen the result of the protest and what have you and so it gives all types of agencies data on a macro, I'm sorry, a micro level on on what they could expect when the real verdicts are ready. Yeah, so it's very interesting now that they see the outrage I'm curious to see how the Supreme Court justices go from here because now they see the backlash of outrage. Um, so it's been quite interesting, especially I've been talking to uh, women in my life, just kind of, mm-hmm. I'm going to have another discussion actually after we get off, just as a Mother's Day interview, I'm going to try to interview my grandmother and my mom since I got them together and just get their perspective on motherhood and what they've been through. I think that's something interesting. I like to keep myself. And, you know, I'll talk about it later. But that's something that I'm going to keep in the fold for me. Um, But I find it interesting. Pretty much most women are outraged about this. Um, Even women that don't necessarily want kids or are still undecided, they're still outraged. I I even see measures as far as, I don't know if it was Texas or another... Uh, state where they were trying to ban IEDs, IUDs, I always say that, IUDs as well. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, you don't want them to get abortions, but you don't want them to be able to not have kids. So, like, how does that work? So, it, it's getting kind of wild out there. It is, but what I'm hearing from like a corporate perspective is that some companies are like paying for travel for states that are like not doing abortions and stuff but they are or not that are are okay so that yeah i think i messed with the headline i think like the states that are that long story short corporations are paying for travel so people employees can have abortions deeper into that until all the in-betweens but I, I suppose this is a great way to transition into the whole sovereignty part. So women weren't allowed to have abortions until like 1973. 
and that's where it started okay. with Roe versus Wade. So Roe is actually Jane Roe. She was a unemployed female. She had three kids, and um, she didn't want to have another one. And this happened in 1969. And by the time it got to the Supreme Court, she had the kid. Wade is actually the district attorney who is supposed to manage these, the laws to manage abortions. And it was only like you could only have abortions under emergency life-threatening circumstances. And I, I get that, but what I want to propose is something called sovereignty over self, meaning that people should have a right to do what they want to do with their body in forms of abortion and as you know as we're in upgrade america this technological age cybernetic enhancements shout out to Neuralink and, and other such technologies um going back to the abortion thing i heard california is trying to pass some law where you can abort quote unquote abort a child 28 days after it's born and that I am against. That does not count as yeah, part of I, I am an entirely different body. And no, that yeah. I just want to say that there. Shout out to Mario. He gave, he gave me that intel. And it'll dig deeper into that as well. But what are your thoughts? Because there's a second part. Yeah. Of okay. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how the Supreme Court justice play this out and another thing it goes back to what we've been saying why you need to pull this stuff before you make decisions with the American public that's what America has been preaching we need to be able to have a system secure blockchain all this good stuff hey how do you feel about overturning Roe versus Wade and what would you put in place of to what self-sovereign go ahead since now that Elon Musk is buying is going semi-private, I hear people can still buy shit who may still be able to, he may make it public again. But if he rebuilds it from the ground up, blockchain and everything, could that be a suitable method of polling the public once you do this for digital ID thing? Yeah, I don't see why not. Why wouldn't he? I mean, that's the way we're going anyway. Unfortunately, and fortunately, I can see it both ways now. But yeah, why not? Right now, there's some friction between Musk and the federal government, or let's just say the Democratic Party. They need to cooperate. Okay. They need to cooperate to make a system like this so they can get this critical intelligence, this, this very this very valuable data from the American people before they make silly decisions like... I don't know, imposing on, on human rights uh, and, and the rights of, of, of women's bodies. Like, I don't know. I guess the other thing that is fascinating the conservatives not have situations where have they, their daughters, wives, or what have you could die from childbirth, so they might need to get an abortion, or they had an unwanted kid maybe in a political scandal affair or something like that. So yeah, they don't want that kid. Like, do they not see that this could happen to their constituents as well, besides their family, but um, their constituents? 
and I, I can only speculate on the mind of a conservative, but my understanding is that a lot of their values, beliefs, and legislation is aligned with the Bible, and like mm. abortion is totally against that. And I, I believe you'll see Texas is very they're, they're, they don't play that. But um, yeah, Florida is like right behind them in a different way. But yeah. It is, I want to say is that each side of the political spectrum has an acceptable mm-hmm. form of murder. Meaning, while the Democrats are like, yes, they'll kill babies, and they're, uh, you know, they... Abortion is murder, straight up and down. While I have engaged yeah. in it myself in the past, sponsored some, it's still murder, and I stomach that. But, um, the... The Republicans are, they accept and are cool with capital punishment, which is, <laughs> that's, execution is murder. So in this society of yeah. war, police killings, and um, cigarettes, booze, and, and everything that's designed to kill you, we have all have our, uh, our threshold of acceptable murder. I am, abortion still makes me queasy, but a woman should have the right. Yeah, and I do agree. The biggest thing I've heard from the women I have spoken to is why are men legislating on women's body? And I agree that we should not be. But I, that's why we're presenting this alternative to cover both sexes. And I also do want to bring up, because we're talking about reproductive that men should have equal rights in the sense that with certain choices, when it comes to having a kid, not having a kid, or whatever. I mean, I think for right now, excuse me, I'll do that a little bit. Um, you can give up your rights, I guess, when you have a kid. Um, okay. But there's so many different cases where a guy can just be dating a woman with kids and he got to pay child support for their kids. Mm-hmm. So I think there needs to be some kind of equilibrium, like DNA tests on on as soon as the kid is born like dna test to confirm that that's the father like that should be mandatory all 50 states particularly like, yeah, like if there's that. any if someone's if they're making any type of obligation like you're being forced to pay then yeah absolutely yeah. and so there's a lot of stuff that needs to be taken no i'm just i'm a, i agree with you mm-hmm no, I just wanted to bring that up too, since we're in this realm of talking about uh, abortion. Well, we need to equalize the rights of men when it comes to reproduction, childbirth. It was something we should explore together and do it all in package deal. All right, you can do what you want, ladies. But understand, men need to have some kind of rights to protect themselves too, because a lot of times, I, 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 I've I seen countless. I've seen countless cases of men having to pay child support for a kid that's not theirs or situations like that. So, yeah. But it's not to take away from overall what we're talking about is reproductive rights for women. And women should be in charge of that. Absolutely. I agree. No. We, like, we, we discussed how women were not, like, did not have abortion rights until, like, 1973. And what it what it when you think about what it really meant is that like um is 
Alright. What are you gonna do, Mom? You got headphones? No, I'm not gonna do Oh, okay. I'm on the phone. No, no, I was safe. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm on here. I'll be done in a few. There's oh, countless obligations. There's countless uh, situations where the obligation of life is was forced upon a woman, and the most obvious mm-hmm. one is it's a case of rape, you know, and all, all types of all the forms of it. And it's just, it's just, it's an uncomfortable situation. But again, the legislation that goes is that human beings need to have self custody over their self. Like, if they want to have abortions, they can have abortions. If they want to become a cyborg, they can become a cyborg. So this brings me to the second part of the bill. We need protection against forced jabs and other assertive intrusions. There needs to be a bill for that, for protection, because what we saw last year subsequent to the blip was unacceptable. And, and, and yeah. American people need protection from that. So we need protection from forced jabs and other forced intrusions. They include like implants and all of these things that are being proposed by uh, world leaders around the world to uh, gain more control. It should be optional. I'm not saying don't use these devices. I'm not saying don't, but it should always be optional. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I had nothing to add to that. So, ladies, good luck. And it's ironic we're talking about this on Mother's Day. <laughs> I just find the irony in all this, but um, that's what's been making big waves lately. Upgrade America supports your right to choose um, self autonomy of your body. So, um, what else we talking about? You said something about uh, vacations as well as taking care of yourself. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to share a little bit about my birthday trip. So it was kind of last minute, but I knew I was going to do a trip. So I was going to go to Denver, but just the timing and financials didn't match up at the right time. So I had to skip that. So I just remixed what I was going to do for a travel. Something I kind of stumbled upon on going to Charlotte, beautiful city, really cool little city. Uh, I like to know more about it. I got to explore some of it because it was a quick turnaround kind of thing. Um, Something I noticed is I went to the museum, I think, of History Museum of Charlotte. Okay. Went in there. It was very manageable. I did it in probably an hour and a half, two hours, walking around this morning. I took a lot, I took some footage and stuff. I'll put it up on my IG. Um, I got to curate it though. But something I discovered is I saw a model of old Charlotte from like 1775, what it would have looked like, right? And I saw the main streets, which is Trey Street and Tyron Street. Those are the two major streets in Charlotte. Okay. Something I discovered was once I did that, and then when I started exploring in the city of Charlotte, everything started clicking where it made sense. Oh, okay, if I see this street, I know this direction, that direction. Okay, culturally, these are what sites are gonna be around this area. If I go this way, this is what's gonna be in this area. 
So I started thinking, well, if I can apply this to Charlotte, why can I apply this to everywhere I travel? First thing you do is go to the museum of the city you're in to get some background, to get some history of the city. In turn, I feel like it's more of a rewarding and um, helpful process in exploring the city because you got an idea of the history and you got an idea of kind of where to go too. You know, like That's I knew, yeah, and then something I discovered, I was like, yo, like why aren't people doing it? I'm not saying people don't do this, they travel, but it's something I'm definitely gonna incorporate from now on when I go to a new place go straight to their museum of that city and explore that and then go out and get And it's kind of give you like uh, intel, recon, like uh, things like that. And then the other thing is, I just did whatever I wanted to do to make me happy. I think a lot of times we don't. We put these expectations on ourselves to portray what happiness looks like to social media, let's be honest. And the fact that I didn't even use social media, I just used my phone, took footage, put it up later. But I felt like I got to live more in the moment versus posting it as soon as I'm doing it. Like totally different experience. And that's something else I stumbled upon and felt more rewarding. It felt more in the moment and lively. I was alive and in those moments. So that's those are some hacks that I took away from on this trip that I actually kind of practice when I go abroad but it just came more real to me this time around because it's been so long since I've been somewhere new I haven't done that but I have like uh, I went to the World Trade Center like the new World Trade mm-hmm. Center when you're riding the elevator they got like this little augmented thing and it builds up New York City from like let's call it from 1600s to present day and you watch it build up oh, wow. it's pretty dope but now those main streets that you mentioned uh, Tyron and what was it Trade Street are mm-hmm. they still like main streets today they Do are they just widen them absolutely yeah okay they that's still are that's, that's what made it more fascinating they still are main streets interesting did you, did you find out who Tyron is I, I forgot really quickly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Trade Street is for trade merchants. Yeah, and yeah, Tyron was a very influential figure, but I totally blanked out on it. I'll be honest, but I, I did just find it very fascinating. When I go through like the city and I see the Vanderbilts and like you know all these the names of these Rockefellers, all these these streets named after people and stuff like that and then you think about who they were and then you go through other towns and then you wonder like who are these people in in these towns to have names I mean sorry have streets named after them but that's something I may want to do in in the town that I'm in and other towns moving forward that's uh it's pretty cool yeah and another thing I thought about just since we're up here in America America does have a very history that's very downplayed and overlooked. Like, as I was reading, walking through the uh, museum, oh, another fact. Museums and libraries are still crucial to society. Like, we cannot get rid of those functions. But it's so, like, invaluable. And this is another reminder of why, like, museums and libraries 
because the technology says you got books, you got art, mm-hmm. you got and prime example mm-hmm. what's going on in Ukraine them trying to scramble and preserve their history, their culture in the midst of war because this was so, unplanned so you're very, seeing the effect that's very fascinating and I gotta loop it back to Bitcoin like Bitcoin is online blockchain but at the same time People are still constantly, by the minute, printing that blockchain just to preserve it in case there's World War III and it's knocked out, the internet's knocked out, you still have that blockchain. You made, you brought up an interesting concept because you said books are there, you know, if technology fails. And, you know, the, the futurist in me, the green person in me was just like, don't print any more books because we gotta save the trees. But at the same time, well, now that you mention it, should we be backing up everything online with paper copies, like really pertinent information with paper copies? Yeah, and I think so. Technology fails. It's not metal. Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Yeah. Because you hear the about thing is, we can use recycled paper. So we can use recycled paper and recycled metal. So it's not like you can't. It's not like it's not sustainable. But go ahead. But you think about how much fundamental and deep knowledge was lost during the, the burning of the Library of Alexandria when the Romans Thank came you. and sacked Egypt. So it's like paper is cool, but that can still burn. So all the fundamental. Should we transcribe the Library of Congress, to which I have a copywritten song, Believe in Bitcoin? Should that be transcribed to metal to, to preserve history? Who could say? Yeah, I know. That's something we got to explore. Definitely. Man, that's crazy. But I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got some guests coming up next week and the week after. So there's a racial incident at the school my daughter attends. Mm-hmm. Dealt with it diplomatically and accordingly. I, I forwarded you the thread. And I may publish it and redact the names and whatnot. But uh, mm-hmm. we're going to interview her on her experience more or less a, a student was a group of students were bullying her about the about George Floyd and laughing at it and I had to write the principal called and it was like they were just saying they I can't breathe over and over again and laughing while saying George Floyd and he said just like there was a sense of empathy and I'm like yeah. uh, let me uh, let me uh, show how lethal I am with the pen and so I emailed all the principals and superintendent there. I'm sorry, and CC'd their superiors. The superintendent immediately called me back and emailed as well, which I have a meeting. He wants to meet with me in person so we can discuss diversity in the school, as well as how to upgrade America. But um, we're going to interview cool. her. Cool. We're going to interview her and talk about that a little bit next week. Okay. The week after. We're going to interview uh, Brian Wiggins, and we're going to talk about his play. Give me one moment, because I don't want to push your name, but I do have it on paper. But it, it does discuss consciousness, and uh, consciousness in inanimate objects. And that was my question for you before, was like, um, do you believe inanimate objects have consciousness? So what is classified as inanimate? 
like a good example. So, let's take me. I'm a big crystal guy. I always have okay. one on. But there is beliefs and philosophy that crystals have consciousness. Like, um, you think they're millions of years old. At the same time, they have a lot of information stored on them. If you're using a smartphone, guess what? You're using a crystal. And, you know, that crystal is just transcribing all types of information and consciousness. But um, that's one example. But you could still go so far as to take an apple or a tree or, or not even something that's alive, a, a simple stone. Or any, do you think okay. these things have consciousness? I don't think, say, the stone would, but I feel like the tree would, obviously, for me. Now, why would you say the tree has consciousness? It's a growing thing, something that grows. It's something that dies. I know we're talking about inanimate, but I'm thinking, yeah, that makes more sense than, say, a stone. A stone is, I feel like a stone is created, and that's it. Really? Mm-hmm. And then, weirdly enough, though, I I do see crystals differently because you can use crystals for different purposes. Granted, I know you can use stones too, but I see them as a little bit different, even though I know they're in the same thing, like as far as stones and crystals and stuff like that. I would argue that you're seeing them on a fundamental level, and when you okay. go deeper and you consider that they're all energy even that stone and that energy cannot be created so it's been around longer than uh, it was a stone and it cannot be destroyed so it's going to be around a lot longer than that too but even from a higher level it's still moving meaning even in that stone molecules are still moving it's changing okay. slightly so there is I don't want to say consciousness to where it's like, hey, it could be like, yo, what's up, man? I'm stone, I'm a rock, I'm stone. But it, I don't want to say a degree of awareness. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, but, like, uh, it's very hard for me, I'll be honest, abstractly to think about, like, I'm looking at this cabinet right here, saying it has consciousness. Like, I'm looking at, like, I can't see that. So there's a physicist who, who who broke it down, and he was talking about a Michio Koki, I believe his name is. He teaches at NYU, and he does a lot of stuff on the Discovery Channel too. But he he talked about. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know who you're talking. About. Go ahead. He, he's he's pretty popular, but he was talking about consciousness from another perspective. Like take a thermostat, for instance. It has mm-hmm. a sensor, right? What is a sensor? It's think about it they sense we have sensors we have eyes we have nose we have ears. Yeah. so what is that sensor doing it's taking in information right whether it's a thermostat or it's our eyes to sue so some degree it has a very minute level of consciousness so my second question for you is if you had a very intelligent machine that had very high very very effective sensors do you think it would be capable of hosting consciousness yeah maybe yeah you know it's, it's funny i just saw i robot <laughs> the other day you saw Ganner for the first time uh again but i had to laugh with all the concepts we've been talking about over the last three years of 
uh, AI and consciousness, since we're on this topic, they're kind of related. I don't know, I just find that funny. Just listening to the robot explain themselves. Like, hey, like I have dreams. Like, I'm making conscious decisions to make this happen or make this not happen. So it is pretty wild. But it's, well, you just brought up a really, uh, that's what it's about, though. Being yeah. aware and making choices. So machines are going to do that if they're not already doing that already. Mm-hmm. And we're going to discuss robot rights because robots can feel pain. Their sensors are, are you know, those are pain. And do we make them work 24 by 7, no time off? You mentioned you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. the play that we're going to be discussing the week, not next week, but after, is going to be called Mannequin Diaries. And it does okay. delve into that realm of consciousness where these mannequins are, you know, they're doing monologues, but they're talking about humanity from their perspective. So oh, I'm pretty excited to hear about that and, okay. and, and have uh, Brian on the show and we'll have a little discussion dive deep on on a conscious level that was a little uh, tip of the iceberg you know we'll dive a little deeper later but what else is on okay. your radar um, I'm trying to think I know my mom and I were talking this day and it kind of escaped but the history of mothers the history of mothers Oh, and I see. my mom was kind of explaining it and based on what she was explaining it's pretty horrific at least for enslaved people here in America where they would on Mother's Day they would rip, out, rip the kids from the mother on Mother uh, in the enslaved days so I'm not sure I have to do some research but we kind of broached the uh, topic like, right and I thought that was pretty tough no, and I could see that because, again, while we're in this nation that does not want to pay reparations, we're still practicing slavery traditions. I believe there was some slavery notation to the term picnic. Still, uh, still practiced today. Mother's Day. Hearing you say that, that just gave me chills. Makes me not want to give these flowers to my mother. Like, made me want to give it to her, like, the next day, tomorrow, or something. But I could see that, and I would like to hear a bit more on, on that. So then, tell me what what is Father's Day? Then is that just the? Oh, good question. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I gotta do research because that's the first time I've ever heard of Mother's Day. No, I, but I can see that. And yeah. now, I, I don't want to say there's a lot of lost history of with when we talk about slavery we talk about it like I want to say historians gloss over it but it, when you think about it it was a lifestyle so there's a lot it was a lifestyle that was practiced for centuries so there's there's a lot of customs and, and things that were ingrained in it wow man that's a, that's a lot of process and that's the term of epigenetics where you pass it down to your descendants, especially people that have been enslaved in this country. We pass all these customs down through our DNA. <laughs> and that's not even including the spiritual level. This is just DNA. And then social practice. That's not even spiritual. 
That's not it. So you got touch three phases. Bit, touch a little bit on a spiritual level, because now I have a Father's Day question. I'm gonna ask you. Uh, uh, I'm gonna ask you right after. But what do you mean by on a spiritual level? I had this thing, me and my homeboys talk about, and every culture practice ancestors show them the way whether it's a good situation bad situation whatever right so i call it a spider a spider like basically but i call it an ancestor uh spider tingle right mm-hmm. so i give you that i would go out friday night whatever, whatever right? and my senses would be doing this and you just the air the energy everything Something is saying, Chris, don't go out today. Turn back around. And every time I would listen to that, it'd be shooting, something traffic. In the places I was gonna go. And so I feel like for enslaved people, our ancestors are guiding us with the limited knowledge that they have based on the time that they were on through our DNA yeah through our DNA and spiritual I'll give you another example when your parents would say be at home before the street light and we talked about this I think season 2 or season but that's a practice of you would get lynched if you're outside in certain towns. Yes, I can see. That's why that's such a practice in black American community. Hey, be home before the street lights on. And we still have these towns called Sundown. Everybody can Google us. Um, that's a that's another thing of epigenetics. This is passed from my grandma to my mom, to my mom to me. Like, hey, if some lights on, you better be inside the house. Or how we respond, or how we respond to certain things. I give you another example. When I went to Ripley's Belief, we walked past a tribal slash kind of slavish section, and I saw shackles, and I instantly got chilled. Why would I do that? That's like I would say a connection from you know the ancestral. Our ancestors being slaves, yeah, free. And I think I, yeah. I was discussing this with my with my sister. You know, she works in uh, in education. She was on the school board last year, but they were gonna show some uh, very violent racial slavery stuff in school. And so my sister was like, "Yo, you don't show the Asians being oppressed." You know, so the white people being violent because why are you going to show this? And, you know, and, and mind you, this is in a predominantly white school. So the few black students, like, yeah, it's very, it's, it's uncomfortable. You know, like, you can learn about it, but um, you've got to take that into consideration. But what do you think? Should that be, is, I know you, you expressed on education before, but like, if you're gonna show brutality, should it be all races show the brutality all races have undergone, or, or should you soften it up? What do you think? Nah, show everybody. Like that's 
that's what we're talking about up right in America. How to change history and teachings in school. Show the truth about everything. And that's where scholars need to come together from each cultural group and collaborate, you know what I'm saying? And like, um, to show all this because I feel like that's the problem. Because history is very rated, history is very rated X. When you consider the the murder, rape, and whatnot, American history, how should this be rated? You gotta do it age appropriate. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it age appropriate. So it's going to be different what you show a senior in high school versus a kid in second grade. So obviously, you got to tailor it to your audience. Um, As far as the rating, I don't know how you would rate that because you just got to go based on the maturity of the level of your audience. So I don't. Yeah. We, we've been talking about this. Say, but, uh, would would yeah. virtual reality showing this type of stuff and virtual reality would that build a sense of empathy? Because I'm really, like I said, uh, my my stepdaughter is going through the same thing I went through, being black in a predominantly white school, dealing with racial bullying and whatnot. And I'm like, what can, um, what? How do you stop that? How do you curb uh, this generation with virtual reality? Be like, okay put someone in the, the perspective of a slave, have them be shackled. I, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's not a bad idea, actually. That's, that's very, I feel like that's very visceral. And if you do the programming correctly, like if you paint the picture very right, like uh, Dave Chappelle did it on uh, one of his seasons, what it's like to be black going in the store. Yeah. And he had a white person wear the VR thing and they went in and see what it's like. And they're like, oh my God, like this is what y'all go through. It's very funny, but it was very real. Like, ooh, he's on this. Well, we have the technology. Like 2005. We have the technology like to do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Actually, that's probably one of the best ways to teach history would be VR now since we're going to that you know, between AR and AI and VR. Yeah, absolutely. That's not a bad idea at all. Well, you or you gave me the idea since you said Mother's Day was the day for taking the, the children from mothers. So it's Father's Day, the day for breathing. Could be. And to all, our, to all our audience, real quick, explain. I don't, I can't verify if that's an actual history, but my mom mentioned it, so it is something I have to follow up on and figure out. I have, I, we actually have to Google and research scholarly to see if that's a real thing. But go ahead, sorry, to I just want to throw that I would out. Not, I would not. How do you say? Let the lack of a scholarly article convince you that was not a practice as history is his story and he gets to scrub what we read and see because as I mentioned this was a lifestyle like a lifestyle of just like how people breed and raise cattle and you have catalogs on how this procedure was done I'm sure there was countless knowledge over the centuries of of breeding slaves so um yeah, after hearing you you put that in there, I can only imagine 
but um you know it's 2022 but we're still living in that uh we're still standing on that foundation we cannot forget that you're gonna say something but i interrupted make another Oh man, we got on. We were talking VR, you know, right off my, my alley before that tech. Something was, uh, I was thinking something along this technological line, but nah, let's uh, end it late. Okay. Three great things in, uh, in your life right now, man. Um, hmm. I'll say therapy has helped me a lot. Even though I'm not going currently, which is by my choice. I got to use the tools I've been taught. But I think it's that's good one to take a hiatus. Yeah. Um, health and optimism. No doubt. Optimism is a, that is a, a powerful tool that I think we develop just from being defenders. Because you have to have a sense of optimism to survive in that career field. For me, I'm alive, <laughs> free, healthy. My my daughter's doing great. My family's doing great. Gonna see my mom, you know, drop off some flowers. Like sun is shining, you know. Oh, <laughs> I rode my electric motorcycle through the kitchen yesterday. But, oh uh, wow, yes, how did that go? Completed that project. Very excited. Well, not completed. I still gotta put some lights and. Accessories on, but yeah, it's operational. I mean, it has a lot of power ordering a motorcycle helmet so I can do a proper road test. But that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty That's really was amazing, bro. That's 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 dope, man. Look at you. Yo, appreciate All right. Great America, man. I built my first. Hey, you living it. Yo, bro, we just, get, we just getting started. But again, appreciate you hanging out with me, bro. You know, doing this podcast, spreading a little knowledge. And this is what it is. Everybody out there listening, stay blessed. Peace.